Gaza Brew Show! What is up, Brother Cause? What's up, my man? How's, how you living? I'm living large, man. It's, it, you know, the weather got good before it got bad, but it got good, so I've been out sort of cruising the streets of Sacramento, you know, with my dog. My, my annoying my little dog that just barks at everybody. But, but we're cool. We're cool. It's good. Now, it's, I, I love this time of year, man. Uh, I was a little jealous, and we talked yesterday. I thought you were at the bar with your with your kids, and <laughs> as it turned out, I don't think you were. I was not. I was not. I uh, normally I do take one of these first two days and spend the whole day watching like every game, but uh, responsibilities got in the way. We went to see uh, Hamilton last night, actually. Oh, so, nice. Where did you guys go all the way up to the city for that, or? Yeah, I went to the Orpheum Theater, San Francisco. Uh, if you are a uh, kid who grew up listening to uh, 90s hip-hop, you will absolutely love this show. Um, should be shown in schools. It's the best uh, learning, ex- most entertaining learning experience you're ever going to have in your life. It was unbelievable. Great show. That's awesome. I, you know, here in Sacramento, they kind of, I don't think they're bringing, maybe they are bringing Hamilton. I don't know if they're bringing Hamilton here. And, and I'm not even sure uh, if it would be like the real Hamilton or just like some other Hamilton. Here's your D-rated or your D-version D of Hamilton. Two guys you know, acting out the entire play. <laughs> Spoken word. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they got a little Broadway thing here, you know, or like they're trying to bring Broadway to Sacramento. It's uh, it, yep. it, it goes big too. Like, um, what was it? The Book of Mormon was in town, I think, oh, two years ago. Okay, and and I mean, people, you know, Sacramento's always trying to be a bigger city, so like people, you know, they wore their best and they showed up. Nice, nice. Very snooty, <laughs> I might add. They treated it like a very snooty affair. Go to the <laughs> exactly. Um, no, man, I love this time of year because NCA tourney kicks in, and that to me signifies beginning of spring as well as the beginning of the end when it comes to the NBA playoff picture, and we just sort of get right into it. And I guess we'll get right into it here. We're going to talk some uh, Jaw. Holy moly, Jaw! He jumped right to the top of the list. Yes, indeedy. Did you just drop a jaw jaw rule, by the way? Jaw rules. Jaw rules of the tournament right now. Uh, (laughs) Have have you been keeping up on any of the jaw stuff? Jaw rule, that is? Not jaw morant, jaw rule? Uh, Like that, but that, um, I saw the documentary on that, uh, that festival that him and that one guy were in charge of. Was that the one? That that was the one, huh? The the festival where everybody like... (laughs) it's uh, I mean, that that's a, it's a perfect example of everybody what's it called fire fest or something fire fest, yeah so the document basically it's what happens when people stick to their guns a little too long like <laughs> they basically started this this festival they want to have this festival and like they didn't even basically have like a stage set up <laughs> you know and like there was all they promised all these like you know, you're going to come down there and live in this beachfront bungalow and all this stuff. And like, they didn't even have enough like shelter and there was hurricane. It was just the the worst thing that could possibly happen. And until the end these guys were like, 
we can still pull it off. We can still pull it off. <laughs> Everyone's like, everyone, the people around them are like, dude, we don't have bathrooms, man. <laughs> so wait, who was in charge of that? Was Jaw in charge of that? He was kind of the face of it. And then there was some kind of like New York hustler kind of, uh, you know, fake rich guy that basically just kind of hustles people around and they thought he was. Whoa, you mean Donald Trump? <laughs> Yeah, like a like a young version of the president. So, uh, but not as good at it, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. ja-, ja Rule was, uh, you know, in the NBA news because he was out there trying to curse people. Uh, like, uh, who who's the curse guy? I forget. He follows me on Twitter. I, I'm supposed to know this. The, the the guy who curses people in the NBA. He's oh, good he at it hit- too. Heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um. So this isn't good for him or for us. Uh, he, we don't know who he is. In, 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 in it wasn't like it wasn't Chingy, right? It was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's not someone that I listen to a lot. Uh, it's but. like Lil B. It's Lil B. Lil B. Is that it? Okay. I think it's Lil B. Not Chingy. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, we're um, you know, we're, we're rolling into this show with not enough Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee. Um, Hawaiian Isles, uh, I need you guys to develop an intravenous <laughs> version yes. of your coffee to get me going here. Um, no, we're going to talk some John ja Moran. Moran, is that right? John ja Moran. Holy moly. Grant. Moran, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. I just saw the highlights and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's an NBA player. Um, so we'll talk about him. Talk a little bit about the Duke guys, uh, but then we want to. I, I love the way, way we've do, been doing this the last couple of shows, where we kind of get ahead of the curve on certain things that aren't comfortable for NBA people or fans uh, to talk about. That's you know selling high, you know on on certain positions. We're going to talk about the Sixers, and then as we were as we were doing our our uh, pregame meeting here. The Sixers have an interesting matchup with Detroit if everything holds up right now. And so we got to thinking, which of these Eastern Conference contenders are are possible uh, first-round losses in the playoffs? So uh, we'll get to all of that. uh, But Kaz being the NCAA expert on this show, you got to help me understand, like, obviously Zion's a huge story. I think obviously he's the number one overall. I mean, I've seen enough of Zion to think, man, this guy could almost like revolutionize the the position or a position similarly to the way Blake Griffin did. Um, but maybe even better and different. So you're going to have to educate me there. But then I saw Morant and I was like, Holy moly, this guy can play. So, you know, coming out of the first day, we're recording on Friday morning of the NCAA tournament. What are your initial thoughts? Um, you know, I, I'd seen, I'd been hearing about him the last couple of weeks, so I did check out quite a few highlights before the game. Um, and he looks the part on, you know, the film that you see. He definitely looks like, okay, this guy's going to be a player. But, you know, he's in one of the smaller conferences and, um you know, you're just not sure, you know, but definitely watching like th- most of that first half. I mean, this dude is pretty special. He is really long. He's got one of those lanky kind of, um, 
De'Aaron Fox, uh, DeJounte Murray type of bodies, long-armed, slender, but he's really bouncy. He's not probably as quick and fast as um, Fox, but who is? Um, but he is—he uh, could definitely finish. He gets way above the rim. Really good vision. Just really, just—I was really surprised just how he was able to, you know, kind of control the game. He looks like an old, you know, kind of '90s um, kind of point guard in the like. He, he people keep saying it's a. Um, comparing him to Jason Kidd and and I guess kind of the way he controls a game he kind of reminds you of like that Jason Kidd Stockton um you know Andre Miller type um I think Jason Kidd was just such a like stronger physically strong guy from the second he came into the league he kind of just pushed his way around his spots he's he's a little more sly but He's just, I mean, off the ball, he's really good. He's great, you know, getting his teammates involved. He's, he take, when he has a mismatch, I mean, talk about not allowing, letting teams off the hook. I mean, there wasn't, I don't think there was one time where uh, a big switched onto him where he did not completely take advantage of it, whether it be to get get another, um, get an assist for a teammate or just blow by and uh, finish himself. Um, so he's got like kind of, he's the kind of guy when you watch him play, there's not a team in the NBA that you couldn't plug him into immediately. Like he could play in any system with anybody. Um, I was just over the top impressed. You know, it's funny I, when you're saying that whole plug and play, I was remembering a couple years back when the, the well, not even the Celtics fans, but like the, the media that doesn't really cover basketball games kept shouting for Markel Fultz to get brought into the game uh, for the Celtics because I think it was Isaiah Thomas that was struggling. Um, and and look at how that turned out. However, watching John Morant, and, and I think the thing with, with him was that he had had maybe a 20-game shooting streak and then everybody thought he was the best and then he, you know, and that was that. But this guy, man, I watched it. I, my initial thought was like Damian Lillard, you know, not the same body type, right? but like the kind of control he had over what he wanted to do. Yeah. He's a little like more, he could, he could turn into pass first when he, like if he was plugged on a team with some really good scores, he could play as strictly a pass first point guard. That's why I think what is the most intriguing, like he's definitely a guy that, if he's rolling, look out. He could he could really dominate in the scoring, but I don't like Damian. I, I don't. I think Damian struggles to maybe impact the game without scoring. Probably because he can't time. get to the rim as much. Well, yeah, that, but I mean, he doesn't have like he doesn't he doesn't have a, a, a point guard mentality to me. Like this kid had, and a lot of guys done our point guard. Like Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's not he's not the only one, but um, but. But Morant is definitely a guy that can just, you know, sit there, orchestrate, you know, pick pick defenses apart, you know, shoot when he's open kind of guy if he needs to. Like it's he's he's really he's definitely the most NBA ready guy that I've seen so far. I think um, it's kind of funny. Like he's gonna definitely like just based on my rudimentary understanding of how this works. Um, I think he goes too, no matter what, right? 
just I would think, and we're going to get into that. I mean, it would be a bold move. <laughs> I know nothing. Someone. Hey, I know nothing. He's going to go two for sure, right? <laughs> well, it would just be a bold. I think that the fan base of whoever has the number one, if they did not, would go nuts. If they didn't take. If they didn't take Zion, you know, um, even if it's not the like. I think Zion, who is phenomenal might need a like i think fit is a little more important that to him than um than than say for jaw i think jaw could play with anybody in any system so fit's going to be important for uh for zion but the fan base would just go nuts <laughs> if you if you were the number one pick and you did not take zion Williams. they there will be a mutiny they will march down to the to to the to the, the facility and and you know behead whoever that gm is so right, i think are that's you, a, are you advocating the beheading cause all right no never mind uh so okay. depends on the gm <laughs> <laughs> does depend on the gm it always does uh so okay all right John Morant uh, looks great, and I've bequeathed him the number two pick um, without seeing any of these other guys, especially the other Duke guys. I don't know who are the other Duke guys, and I imagine that they're pretty good. Um, What what about these guys? I mean, I picked them number one, but I also picked Nevada to make the Final Four, so what do I know? (laughs) Did they play play today, right? No, Nevada played yesterday in one of the most hilarious games I've ever seen, like my entire life. Who's? They lost, yeah, and they they almost came back. And Florida, so how do I? Okay, it was the most eclectic game I've ever seen. Everybody for Nevada was like six foot six. There was two dudes that look exactly the same and played exactly yeah, the twins. same. Oh, are they twins? Okay, well that that figures that out. <laughs> I was like, I was tripping out. Like, what is this? This is like, how do you get these two players are exactly the same? They took the same exact dumb shots. They couldn't shoot free throws. I will actually one. I thought this was where I was getting thrown off because I thought one could shoot free throws and one couldn't. And uh, <laughs> it was it was crazy. And then they got this big dude. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Courtney, I think was uh-huh. his name. It just like had this out. He could just throw people around if he wanted to. And. So they were losing by like 15, 20 points the entire time in the second half. And then Florida, and they press all the time. And Florida was just deathly afraid of their press and just slowly turned the ball over the entire second half or Uh or ran down into stupid shots. And then um, Nevada would come back and they're all six foot six and they, um, they just sort of toyed with Florida, but they were losing the entire time. It was the weirdest energy in a game because they were clearly the better team and and yeah. Florida was afraid of them but yeah. they couldn't make free throws and they couldn't um you know ultimately get over the hump and uh yeah. Eric Musselman you know and NBA former NBA coach seemed like he had the uh the advantage there but um yeah anyway the NCAA tournament's great um so but uh back to duke so what are what are we talking here? So Zion, I, I I know there's a lot that's been said about him, but I don't know that folks have really got to hear it from you. What uh, uh, what do you think there? Very special athlete. He reminds me of um, he's a more he's a bigger, more explosive, but yet at the same time more graceful version of say a Larry Johnson. I was just thinking about him. Yeah, he's like got that kind of 
undersized height-wise for a power forward, but like he's like or kind of like a like if you think of like a Corliss Williamson or something like that. Not not the game, just the physical their physical builds. But he is pretty long armed, and his feet are something. He is very light on his feet and very quick. Would he, um, would he make it in the NFL? I can't imagine that he wouldn't. I can't imagine. Like I can't imagine that he wouldn't be one of the best tight ends we've ever seen. I was going to say, <laughs> and then could he play like another? Because everybody always goes to the tight end position in a basketball player. Because like I guess right. that one's obvious. Could he be like a? I mean, he's too tall, right? To would he be a defensive end? Maybe he's got that kind of power. I mean, he'd have to really work on. You don't see him that tall usually, so you have to really work on his leverage to get under offensive lineman's pads. But I mean, I don't know. He's so like he just looks incredibly such, strong. Like such a unique athlete. I just wouldn't. I, I don't know that you can say he can't like play Shaq so- level strong. Like, or am I stretching that there? That's, I mean, well, he's not as big. I mean, he's 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 more like a, I mean, he's definitely in that Larry Johnson, Barkley kind of powerhouse kind of. Um, I mean, he's going to be able to move people around. There's no doubt. Well, and, today's and with the day. Quick, yeah, yeah, and look like this. He's definitely got the whole package. He's a he's a very intriguing. Uh, should be a very good player. Shooting, uh, have- shooting, dribbling. Where? He can do all that. I think his his shot is it's good enough. I mean, he definitely is going to have to for the college three. We'll see about the NBA. He'll probably have to increase his range, but it's a it's a the shot looks fine. You know, it could be improved, but it's not broken by any stretch. Um, Handles, really, yeah, and those tight spaces like I can he can catch it at you know sixteen and really face up. I think really really well and you know, jab step and, you know, uh, he doesn't avoid con. He doesn't try to get clean to the hoop. He, um, goes in there. He's, he does not avoid contact at all. And, um, I'm interested to see how he finishes against goes through the tournament. There's going to be a lot more height and that's going to be a pretty telling thing. How he finishes at the rim with actual seven footers. Um, I think is cause he just has not faced that really. So, um, we'll see, but there's quite a few, Quite a few guys in the Big Big Ten you might have to deal with down the road. Um, Michigan State's in their bracket, I think. So that that would be the ideal. They have a couple of big guys, and they play really good defense. So um, that would be something. But uh, he should be a very good player in today's NBA game. Um, so that he is the obvious uh, number one. Uh, their second best player, R.J. Barrett, Um Shoots really poorly from the three. Um, I think he's at 30% or something like that. But a really natural score. Again, his shot looks fine, so I don't really know why, if it's the quality of shot they're taking. Um, he, you would, when you watch him play, it does surprise you that he shoots that poorly from three. Um, but he's a very – I'm trying to – I don't know who to compare him to. Um like a way better, I guess, like a way mentally tougher version of Rodney Hood. <laughs> if, that's a, if that's like he's got. <laughs> uh, like, this is why you like, listen to the Cosm Brew Show because you know if if we were um, you know highfalutin you know top tier media personalities, we'd never be able to say something like that. <laughs> right. I mean, he's got you know if Rodney Hood when he before his injuries 
actually thought he was a really good player, it would resemble R.J. Barrett. Like, R.J. Barrett has the all-star level confidence, you know, a, a natural ability to score, um, gets in the lane a lot. Like, he, he's just a really good scorer. Um, but uh, that shot, it's, it, it, I, I've, I haven't watched enough to understand why he shoots so poorly from the three. Um, no, it's like the, the Nevada guys. Like the Nevada guys, their go-to move, no joke, was this <laughs> step back, fall away, three-pointer that never hit the rim, ever. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I'm interested in those guys because there was some talk about them maybe, uh, you know, this year was them coming back to kind of vault themselves into like the lottery or you know or into the first round so i'm I'm interested if they losing this game what that does for um if that puts a little stink on them as uh if they have to come back again because i think yeah. they're Jewish, right i have no idea all i know is at least one of them if not both of them <laughs> like when they shot their free throws they like sit there dribble 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 and then they bring the ball really fast up to their forehead like you know just like absurdly fast <laughs> and then pause <laughs> Like one Florida guy got a lane violation. I mean, it was just great, and that's the way they shoot their free throws. I mean, like, a, was it like a Markel Fulte? Fultz- no, no, no. It was like kind of like you know Elaine from Seinfeld dancing. It was kind of like <laughs> just like herky jerky, herky jerky. Gonna flip it at the hoop now. Elaine from Seinfeld. Okay. You don't get that too much. Again, you don't get that as a comparison on many sports shows. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Support your independent sports shows. Um, okay, so who else at Duke? Is there anybody else at Duke that I need to know about next the season? Other, then the other guy, Cam Reddish, he gets um, – it's hard to judge him because I think, you know, the bulk of the shots go to Zion. Barrett gets a lot of the shots. They have a point guard. Um, who is more in control of the game? But the the third best talent is definitely this kid Cam Reddish. I think he's a little bit bigger than Barrett. Same kind of uh, build, though. You know, perfect uh, profiles as an NBA three, um, six eight ish to you know fifteen ish to twenty. Um, but it's hard to tell what he, he again shoots very poorly from from three. So it's kind of hard to see. Um, his shot doesn't look broken though um, and I think he's had the, the, the toughest go at Duke because I think he just gets the leftovers more so you know he hasn't really it's hard to when you watch him you can't definitively say what his game is so I think teams are gonna really be interested in you know when they work him out you know and can see what he does in a more um, structured thing where he's going to be highlighted so, um, but he he's also still even though his game, even though he doesn't get the shots, doesn't get in the positions that he um, wants, he's still kind of projected as into the top five. Like all, all that's that's that that combination of Morant, uh, Zion, Barrett, and Reddish is for the top five. Um, and I haven't seen anybody that's been able to kind of kick one of them out yet. So, um, yeah. That's my that's my a expertise. lot of people are, are pooping all over this draft this year. You know, I heard it on um a telecast last night and uh I don't know. I, I don't know anything I, about this stuff, but that I, I it, it does make sense to me that if last year was this great draft, 
you know, that there would be a, a fall off. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, I think that this has turned, I wasn't as high, I think, as a lot of people were on this draft um, when it happened and definitely even like probably 30 games in. But I think the guys have really, um, as, a, as a whole unit, the, the players have definitely grown throughout the year. I don't, and, and they've, they've turned themselves into a good draft. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, the hype I thought was a little bit, a little bit much as far as how great the draft is, but I think they've, they've worked, they've worked their way through their, um, their pains. And it seems like this is going to be a good one. So I don't, I don't want to throw too much. Uh, You're not yeah. ready to go there yet. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not either. Say I'm, I'm, I'm not, not even, I, and then there's a couple people, Trey Young, that will have to examine at the end of the year. Cause right. we were both down on him and, uh, I we were pretty down on Bagley, but it was hard not to be because he was so bad in summer league. You you were worse on Bagley than I was. <laughs> well, you, you, but you were worse on no. I was actually worse on Trey Young. Who knows? Um, I was. I'm, I'm still. I mean, I was worse on. I was bad. I did not like Trey Young at all. Um, I still. It's not even that I don't like him. I think he is what he. I think that the what they were project what they project him to be is not what he is. And I think that, again, if he's the best player in your team, you're not winning a championship. If he's the best player in your team, you're struggling to get in the playoffs. Is my, it's my thing. So this, I, that, the yeah, idea of, I'm with the, you. The, the idea of building a team around him is not really something that I think a wise GM would do. I think there's a lot of circumstantial <laughs> stuff going in Trey Young's favor right now. And sure. that's, um, you know, so we'll, that'll give us something to talk about over the summer. But, uh, Anybody else in the NCAA that you're watching right now? You know, I, I, I think this is going to be a draft. Um, let me see. The kid from um, North Carolina, there's a couple of North Carolina guys that are look to be pretty good. I think that they might take some developing. Um, it's just so hard to watch um, a lot of the uh, it's hard to watch NCA basketball in general. That was the other thing about that game that I watched yesterday. The refereeing is so bad. It is bad. Refereeing is, in college oh. over the top. And you know it's why over- it's bad? Because these guys think that, that that it's like a power struggle between them yeah. and and it hell, oh my god, if they ended up refereeing a game in the NBA, what that would do to them mentally. Yeah, it, it's a um it's a very they 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 don't allow my biggest problem with NC two A refing is they don't allow the game to um, breathe. Like they'll <laughs> yeah they'll start they'll call a game if they call a game tight for the first six minutes the players adjust then all of a sudden they let it go to you know D- Detroit bad boys <laughs> kind of style and and then and the players are just it seems like college players are always confused on what a foul is you know always like nonstop. Always confused about what a foul. I liked in that game. There was one ref who was just letting them play, and the other one that was calling everything. So, I mean, there's not a like like the NBA is is, with all the ref problems that people complain about. Like they they do their best to stay out of the way. You know, they do their best to let the players decide it. And in college, it just like you just wonder some of the fouls eighty feet from the hoop when it's like. The guy never loses control of the ball. 
and you're like, what? You know, did you really need to call that? I mean, and like, critical fouls. Like, critical. There, I mean, there was one where the, the Nevada guy blocked the guy at the rim, nowhere near hitting him anywhere. And uh-huh. that was the pivotal call. So it's not just like the, the entire game. It's the most critical part of the game as well. Yeah. That's brutal. And I remember th- I was watching, I was thinking, man, we never used to notice this stuff. We used to get like, you know, there was Big Wednesday on ESPN. You watch some nighttime games on ESPN. Actually, college had probably more coverage on ESPN back in the, the say, like early 90s. For sure, yeah. Than the NBA did. So I think mm-hmm. that might have had a big. I, mean, I know people that watched through the 90s, there was a lot of college basketball watching, a lot of college basketball yeah. interest, and March Madness came into its own during those times. Now, I didn't even know that they had selected the the seeds. <laughs> and so like I, I was pretty sure and like you know for business reasons we have uh you know our partnership with DraftKings, so we're doing a, a bracket contest with them we're doing our own bracket contest so i knew things were going on <laughs> but nobody tweeted a single thing about like this seed sucks or you know screw this yeah. team or any, there was nothing on the nba yeah i radar. think this was this was a pretty like decent year from what i understand about like the snubs and all that like i don't think that I mean, I never believe in that snub stuff. I think you get in or you don't. And if you didn't, if you're on the bubble, then you didn't deserve to be in. Is my my whole thing. Somebody but, at um, your school needs to show up with a briefcase to the NCAA and make it happen. Make it happen. They're they're easily bought. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you I love those those. I am a student athlete or a day in the life of student athlete ads. I, I saw the tail end of one. They're pretty ridiculously stupid, but you know, any I, student athlete I've ever met, and you can speak to this cause, was like dying of hunger. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, they looked like like dog crap. Just like I don't sleep. I'm gonna go yeah. do a double day right now. Do you have any food? Yeah, yeah. You're always looking for a free meal. That's for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see about. Uh, but there's no yeah. There's no one else that jumps out. I think those are gonna be the uh, the guys um, that everyone's gonna be uh, kind of job to get you know, into position to take. But again, we'll, we'll, once, once the season's over and we get into our uh, kind of draft coverage, then we'll be able to speak more to that. But um, yeah. Well, let's, uh, well, let's pivot here to the, uh, the, the real deal. Please, and please. also check out if, um, you know, you're looking to, to learn a little bit about these guys. Zach Feldman over at Hoopball did a great article sort of prepping folks for the NCAA tourney. And then if you're into fantasy, the other Zach, Zach Bodain, did something really good on dynasty um, analysis. So uh, if you're looking to find the next best thing, go ahead and check those out. All right, so Philly, six-game winning streak, Philly. Yes. Um, starting to figure it out, Philly. Yes. Um, Joel Embiid back on the court, Philly. Philly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know the coffee has kicked in. Uh, okay, so now they're in the three seed. It seems to be the case that they're on an island there. They're four games behind the Raptors and three and a half again ahead of Indy. And so, I mean, I can't see them sliding out of the three. Right. And uh, so now you look at that six, seven, eight group because Boston and Indy, they're on their own island. I don't see them moving out of the four or five slots. So you've got Detroit at six, a game ahead of the nets at seven, a game ahead of the heat at eight. So 
there could be some jockeying for position amongst the six, seven, and eight. However, I mean, you look at what Detroit is um, kind of been doing. They're seven and three in their last ten. They're um, I, I I've been sort of quietly impressed with those guys this year. And Brooklyn, now that they've brought Karis LeVert back, you know, and D'Angelo Russell is just a really interesting story there. Um, you know, I've been as down on Russell as probably anybody. And he has gone sort of nuclear with all these other guys out. Now they're all back, and he's sort of back to his hit or miss uh, days. The Kings decided not to defend him the other day at all. Like literally, just sort of here, take a take a few threes. Why don't you? And uh, he torched them, and uh, they came back from twenty five points down. But they looked pretty bad that entire game. I don't know that they can catch the Pistons. It's just sort of my gut. Um, and then Miami sort of got Miami issues. So Detroit, you know, um, we'll talk about them in a second. Um, they, they seem to be the matchup for Philly. Um, but, you know, we are talking before we got on the show, and I was glad you brought this up as a topic, is Ben Simmons. He's, oh, yeah, I know, right? Like, it, it it just seems like you look at this team, and yeah, you could kick Jimmy Butler out the door. Um, Tobias Harris seems like a really good fit for them. Um, you know, you're not going anywhere. But, you know, Joel Embiid's not going anywhere. That's no. that's That's a given, so... No. I mean, even if you say we made this trade for Jimmy Butler and we're not going to keep him, which would be pretty dumb, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, that seems pretty dumb. Yeah. I, you know, that, that Boston game the other day um, was really telling. I thought that, you know, they had a really good balance going. Embiid was running the floor hard, not settling, you know, for jumpers. And, I, you know, when he – in this league of small ball, when he decides I'm going to play down low, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I mean, he definitely looks like the best player in the league when he, when he decides to do that. Um, and so, you know, you're looking at Simmons, and then, then at the end of the game, everyone just acquiesced to Jimmy Butler. He loves that spot. And he came through with about three or four really good possessions, you know, good shots, uh, daggers. And it kind of felt really natural. And, you know, it felt like, okay, you know, Embiid has taken us here to the mountaintop. And now we're just going to let Jimmy bring us home. And everyone seemed happy about it. And Tobias Harris is floating around. And not to say that Simmons wasn't happy about it. He was, you know, he was doing what he could do. But I, I think that out of the out of that group, he's the guy that doesn't get maxed out. You know, he's the guy that, you know, does not get to play his game because of his lack of shooting. So it kind of makes you wonder if you decide to, you know, you 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 traded the pick, so you want to resign Jimmy Butler, you want to resign Harris, you know. It gets you, to, get to the meaty part, cause come on, you, I'm you, excited to hear you say it. Say it. He's young. He's young. He's under contract for a couple more years. You can get a haul, you know, for, for Ben Simmons. You can get the point guard that you actually want along with who knows what other stuff somebody would give you, you know, you, but you would definitely be able to find a better fit than Ben, you know, Ben Simmons kind of just floating around there. 
uh, waiting for all the good players in his team to go sit on the bench so he can play his game. You know, uh, that, that's my opinion. <laughs> well, it's would, fascinating, man. I thought about tweeting this show out, and this is going to be the headline. I mean, like, yeah. it's a big, meaty deal. Like, you, 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 you're nailing it as far as the analysis goes. And this is the part about do NBA teams have the cojones to, mm-hmm. to pull this off? I mean, this is the smart move, in my opinion, is to – I mean, you're right about a haul. Like, right now, Ben Simmons is considered to be one of the top young players in the league. And, and, Absolutely. And, I mean, and, and I, I look at it and I go, pretty soon there's going to be a question about whether or not he can actually tap in to that potential. Sure. I mean, and, and I still have red flags on him as far as being like a franchise guy, like a franchise number one. It, bothers me that he really has not improved his shooting at all in from last year to this year uh you know his inability to get his team into the nc2a tournament was a still big not thing. at you <laughs> still not at me i mean it's just not a, it's just a low bar and then he's just some of his just terrible performances quite honestly last year in the playoffs you know um and that was before you had the pro the 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 pot the, the problem of a Jimmy Butler and a Tobias Harris taking possessions and shots away from him. I mean, he was clearly the number two guy, but actually number one by the fact that he was, he was running the team and he still just had these games where, I mean, the hit was scoreless. One of them, right. I mean, against, uh, who'd they play in the second round, but he, he had a scoreless or a two point game or something like that. We'll get stat boy on that one, but yeah, but, but the, the but the, 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 you know, is he going to be a Rondo that spends 12 years in the league and doesn't doesn't even bother to work on his jumper? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's not a that's not really a guy I want as the leader of my team. <laughs> you know? Well, OK, so, I mean, a lot of this is always about expectations and, you know, you're looking for a player to fit in. Mostly this has been the questions with Philly in general is will Jimmy Butler fit in you know right a lot of players are the question is will they fit in and so with ben i almost i was trying to reimagine him in a in the best possible way you know because here's the thing if your point guard can't shoot in the playoffs okay so what what are we really doing here i'm looking like at at rondo actually with mm-hmm. the celtics and thinking okay it worked with them a lot because the the Lakers were flawed at that time, and and you could speak more to that as as resident Lakers expert. But um, he was able to sort of be a feeder for those other great players, and he wasn't dominating the the possessions to the extent that a Ben Simmons might, because he didn't have the physical tools that Ben Simmons has. Right. Yeah, so, I, I think that he was a like I don't want to take anything away f- from the starting point guard on the championship team, but like, you know, <laughs> you got Ray Allen, <laughs> Chris Paul, and uh, not Chris, excuse me, uh, Paul Pierce and uh, Kevin Durant. You know, uh, it, you know, it's safe to say that those guys have shown that they've been able to survive in this league without Rondo <laughs> previously. So, <laughs> and who hasn't looked? Who hasn't looked very good since he's left the equation? 
So I, I think that the overhype of how great he was on that squad is is a little bit well, ridiculous. The overhype on Rondo is ridiculous <laughs> anyway. It is, it is he is the he might be the Michael Jordan of being overhyped. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when somebody goes off about how great playoff Rondo is or, you know, yeah. anything having to do with Rondo, the high IQ player and all that. I just go, you know nothing about basketball, do you? And then right. I disregard your opinion for the rest of my life. Right. That's pretty, but, that's no, pretty I, harsh. But. But, I think, but I think that he might not even be – he might not have the basketball IQ of Rondo, who we, I mean, we both can agree that we don't think is as high as everyone else does. He's bigger. I think his size bails him out. He in a lot finishes of really well in the lane, too. Yes, which Rondo doesn't necessarily or and never really did. He, he was able to because of the spacing by having all those great players. But um, I think that, I mean, you just, to me, like, I, it seemed just, the, the game seemed so natural. When it was Embiid playing through him, down on the block, kicking it out. Harris is going to fit wherever he needs to fit. And Jimmy Butler is just really good down the stretch. He's just really good down the stretch of games. And I just don't know. Like, You want to have a guy that you're eventually going to have to fork over max deal to that you might be better with him off the court down the stretch of games? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, Stat Boy from the grave <clears throat> just sent me a telegraph with uh, last year's numbers on Ben Simmons. He had a game two in a loss, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, one point on zero of four shooting and Ooh. five turnovers, seven assists, five turnovers. That is hideous. Yeah, That's, I mean, that. yeah. So, I, and it's because he can't shoot. I mean, you look at that and you say that's a bad game. It's because he can't shoot. Like, you just don't have to defend him. Right. <clears throat> yeah. You, you can, I mean, and with that team, the Boston team, they, they don't care if you give them a lane or airspace, you know, to get ahead a of steam, which is usually the problem. If yeah. If you give him some space, he tries to take it right back. Um. I'm with you, man. I'm with you because I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not a big fan of of handing Jimmy Butler a ton of money. I think he's got too many Tibbs minutes, and you know, that the knee is a big concern for me. Um, I, I, I agree, but I think too, you don't like. I'm still not sold that that Joel Embiid is going to play for a long time. So. As far as a strike while the iron is hot, I'd be willing to do it. Like it, it, it makes if them you, tough as all hell. You know, you 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 fork over the money to Butler, which might be bad on the back end. You, you know, you give Harris his money, and if you trade Simmons to get more of a three and D, uh, or even like you know, yeah, more of a three and D point guard, I in in some requisite parts maybe you get one of the you get a couple of those picks back you know replenish with replenish with i just think you're in a much better position to win a championship in the next two years than you are with because the thing with if you if you do sign butler 
and you do signs and then you're planning on keeping Simmons for the long haul, you're going to be for the next, for as long as they're on the floor together, trying to figure it out. They're always going to be in try to figure it out mode because Simmons' game doesn't fit. You know, and he can't shoot. So it's it's one of those things. And and the lack of the lack of improvement from last year to this year just shows that it's not something that he, he's really concerned about, which is scary to me. They did that trade to get Harris was pretty damn phenomenal. Um, just as far as finding a really good player who's gonna fit their scheme right. and uh they did give up their own 2020 protected first round pick. Um, so not really a concern there unless those protections wear off in a bad way. And then you get bad real quick due to injuries that might, um, you know, be a, a red flag there. And then an unprotected 2021 pick via the heat. Now that one's the one where if the heat who don't like to rebuild, if they decide they want to rebuild, that one could hurt. But otherwise, I mean, not only do you bring across, Tobias, you bring across his buddy Bobin. They're best friends. Oh. And I think the culture of this team, you know, you've seen this shift. And back to, to Simmons, he's kind of been, to me, somebody that could be the easy odd man out, you yeah. know, especially when you're dating a Kardashian. Ugh, yeah. I mean, and that's that. always like an overly simplistic, reductive take, but not really. Like, not really. No, no one's really been able to overcome that. You know, there's yeah, plenty. No. No. There's been plenty of documentation on the, on the damage that that does to you, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a decision, but, right? There's plenty of of quality women in the United States. Right. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands, and you're in a especially great for, position. Especially to for a good enjoy <laughs> as many of them as you want. <laughs> I, like uh, you know, doesn't it seem though like so? Why pick of, that one? Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I, come yeah. on. Like, you want something, right? You want something that's glitzy, that's, you know, that says that I'm in Hollywood. Yeah. Doesn't it seem, though, speaking of Hollywood, and even though from a basketball perspective it'd be even a worse fit, doesn't it seem like the Lakers would just be primed to make the stupidest oh deal possible? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, mean, th- th- I mean, like, if, am, I, am, I, am I off on that or what? Don't, doesn't it dude, seem like, like somebody steal Magic Johnson's flip phone, dude? Doesn't it seem like Magic Johnson would almost give up his stake in the Dodgers to to make a deal well, for Ben Simmons? And, and, and Simmons is still with, um, with Hutch. Yeah, I mean that's that. Oh man, I mean they are the they are the the like the clear suckers in the room that would that would just think that they are doing the best thing imaginable. <laughs> Could you imagine him on the court? Like they, I mean, like think of how awful a spot up shooter that Ingram is <laughs> and how, how he struggles. No, you, no. you brought up the Lakers. <laughs> I, I want to, I want everybody to wait at least like a year on the D'Angelo Russell takes. I, I really just like, I, I think Russell's got this great silky smooth offensive game where he, can shoot a three and he can hit a floater and it's really tough to cover. Um, but let's just wait a year and let's see how he does before we max him out on a deal. And and I know everybody wants to pile on the Lakers because it's fun. Um, but yeah, no. Okay. So we got like 15 minutes left here. Like, so they're going to face Detroit is what it looks like to me. And, and I wonder can Detroit, I mean, 
I'm not as huge on Drummond as his statistics might suggest he should be defensively. Um, uh, no, you know, Blake, no. kind of the same deal. Um, but theoretically, like, you know, for a team with some size in Embiid, you know, to to have those two as your front courts, that's not a bad thing. Sure, he it could, definitely they could keep him off of his spots a little bit. Yes, and that's a matter of. Embiid, like if Embiid just puts his head down and goes, I think you could break Drummond. You know, I think that you know, I, I just don't know that he is going to be willing to run the floor um, as much as he needs to to get some of those easy rim runs away from Embiid because he's not that good of he's a good the getting him off the spot. Yes, he'll be he can do that in a slow. Half pit, a half court game, and make him be catch the ball where you know further out. But as far as like once he get if he gets it if Embiid could get to sweet spots, he's too long for Drummond and probably too long for Blake. Um, but it's not it's not easy money, you know. Like against some of these teams, it's just easy money for Embiid. So he, he does they do have that working. But if Embiid wants to run the floor, I don't know that it's going to matter. You know, I just don't. He's something. He's something special when, he, when he's running the floor. So you you look at a Detroit or I guess any of the bottom three, and do you think any of them push these guys? Well, you know, I think you'd probably again now 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 if you if you decided you you dust off Whiteside <laughs> now and if he's if he's motivated because he actually can run with him be. So they're there you they actually have one of the few guys that can kind of make Embiid do something he doesn't want to do or compete with him when Embiid's even focused. But you know, is there time to dust him off? Does he? I mean, like, is is it worth it? <laughs> you know. Like, well, it, it's funny because I think nobody wants to face the Heat. I think I'd want to face Brooklyn because they don't have anybody. Uh, for everybody who talks about. Uh, Jared Allen's defense, they just have no paint presence at all. You know, he, he's a good shot blocker, but he's just not where he needs to be enough of the time, and he's not strong enough at this stage in his career. Right. Uh, they're undersized in every, almost every respect, um, three through five. So that's, um, to me, that's that's easy pickings if you're most of these teams in the top four. Uh-huh. Um so you're really looking at Detroit, you know, can they sort of be under the radar tough? Um, the addition of Wayne Ellington helps them out a lot. Um, but really, to me, I think it's that Heat team. So, okay, it sounds like you don't think that uh, Detroit, pardon me, Detroit could be a, a threat to the Sixers. What about Milwaukee? To What about what Milwaukee gets the Heat? Uh, you know, I, I think... I think that that would be the least favorable matchup for them. Uh, well, especially now with the Brogdon thing. I mean, that's just right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, thinking about that. I'm also just thinking about like devastating. They don't like. I watch them run their offense. It's weird because Budenholzer gets a lot of credit for being a you know a genius, but there's just a lot of standing around, and <laughs> they are. Kind of like I'm just imagining in a playoff series, just getting you know Giannis getting dared to shoot. Now, to his credit, he's been stepping into some threes and making them lately. 
uh-huh. which is nice, but he still shoots it like a shot put, and I'm not buying it yet. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, that, I just, I wish that, I wish that he would catch the ball moving more, more off of, you know, pin downs and stuff. I'm not a big fan of the stretches of possessions where he's bringing the ball up a lot. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, that's something that needs to be addressed. Now, Brogdon going out doesn't, doesn't help that situation. And I don't know that you want Bledsoe being that guy. Also, (laughs) what you say is like, you would never, ever, ever want this guy to be that guy. Eric Bledsoe. (laughs) Well, no, because he's he's gotten into such a good groove there. I don't want it to mess up, you know. It's been like I've been pretty down on him, and he's finally found his his niche. Um, sort of playing off I, the ball and making kind plays. of playing off the ball. Yeah. So I think the Brogdon thing really brings them back quite a bit. And with Miami, you know, they they do have some playoff toughness. They have. What do you think of Bam out of bio on? Giannis. Um, that's up to Giannis. I think that he could frustrate him because he does move his feet really well. Bam does, so I think that he's a guy that can give Giannis his space, move to the spots where he wants to go. And Giannis has been bumping people a lot, getting physical. You can't really do that with Bam. So there's there's some stretches where I can see that being a really good um, a really good option for them. I don't know about for forty minutes, but it, it it's definitely something that I'm sure they'll look at and can be very effective. James Johnson. I mean, I mean yeah. Johnson Johnson had a good game the other day. It was almost like he's might be saving everything for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they they have it's it's definitely the, it's definitely not the matchup they want. I'm I'm sure they'd much rather play. Uh, you know, Brooklyn or Detroit. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, Miami does have, and I, I think I think if you asked Miami, they they feel pretty good about it. You know, I think, yeah, I don't I think, think they want to play Toronto. They don't want to play Toronto, and I don't think they I don't think they want to play Philly either. I think that if, if you ask them, I mean, this is Brogdon thing. I just also, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is a good matchup. But uh, Dennis Jones huh? Jr. on, um, or probably Derek Jones Jr. for. Uh, Giannis out of Miami. Yeah, they, have, they have a they have a they have a lot of guys that profile pretty well. They do. Uh, maybe maybe I guess when you're looking at the rosters, they might have the best. More than, <laughs> yeah, more than anybody in the in the East uh, run there. I mean, so. Derek Jones Jr. has 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 really come into his own this year. He's he's got incredible leaping ability. Just yeah. Uh, I mean, he is as freakish as Giannis. I. I, I I would love to throw some money on Miami up in uh, Reno. So you do? You, I mean, well, let me just ask you then: Do you think that that if they face them, that that, that Miami would win that series? I'm going to bet on it. Okay. I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm getting incredible odds. I'm sure I'm probably getting what like sure. plus I don't know, like plus at least a thousand. Maybe like plus twelve hundred, plus fifteen hundred, so ten to twelve to fifteen to one. I mean, that's to me. That's you just can't not take that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like that, straight up, you know, just 
pick for pick. I, I, it'll be tough, but it, one, one, this is kind of going to work against my argument, but Chris Middleton's really struggled this year. And he's going to get a chance in the last 10 games here to run the offense. They'll probably rest Giannis a couple games. You know, this will be almost a way to get him going before the playoffs start. So that could work against me there. But he's been slow, and he hasn't really found his way in this new uh, version of the offense. So, um, yeah, I think moving forward, though, I don't know that even if he – started to play better, right? They rest Giannis a little bit, and they run the offense through him, and he starts to find himself offensively. I still don't know what that's going to look like. I don't, I, don't necess- I don't really think that him bringing the ball up is a great option either. <laughs> you know, no, for- he doesn't have that explosive you know, ability to set other players up. Yeah, and I'm really surprised that I think I'm really surprised that uh, the Brogdon injury isn't getting. More. I think that everyone's so enamored with Giannis and how great of a season he's had, and it's that's fine. But I, I think that their margins as a team beating an, a, a quality team are very thin, very very thin, and you know they always have been. And this Brogdon injury just really kind of brings them really back to earth. I mean, like, I mean, they're just, they're just kind of, I think they're going to be kind of average. So, so how about this for a prediction as we wrap up this show here? How about two one seeds going down? So say Denver gets the one seed and they draw like the Thunder, you know, who they're not listed as the eight seed. But I thought I saw talk. Of, there's four teams tied at the bottom of the West right now. So, they were like, they were like yesterday or so i believe yeah maybe for like a a second or two and then the standings wiggled a different direction so like you could have something like denver versus the thunder and the thunder who just put the denver out denver out of the playoffs the year before the uh you could have that and you could have what we're talking about here in the east you could have two one seeds go down (laughs) You, you heard it here first folks can i get those odds right now parlay them together and then make a bazillion dollars and still do the Cos and Brew show. We just do it every day at that point. <laughs> that that would make you someone a very wealthy man. Yeah, yeah, right now I think they're half a game out, Denver. We'll and, see. Uh, I mean the Warriors don't care. Warriors don't no. <laughs> they're they're perfectly fine being a two seed. Uh well, sir, uh I don't think there's anything else to cover here. Is, did we miss any great angle? Never do. Never do. Never Never do. All right. Well, follow us online for more great angles at www.hoop-ball.com, twitter.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show. No accidents with a tweet in 732 days. Facebook.com. Cause, you going to post anything? I posted a little, uh, I did post, I think, something on the Utah fans, I believe. Oh, boy. That was like last week or whenever that happened. I think I did post something on there. I think it was might have been onion related. I don't remember, but uh, there was definitely something given it to the Utah fans. I think. Oh, good for that. That's always needed. Uh, Facebook.com slash KOZ show where you'll get all sorts of wonderful information. Another one's in the books. Pace. Pace. <laughs> I, I did post it. I didn't. 